beer. As the Watts said in the comments, pass out the bullets, grab your beer. It's the last day the Yotes are tied for first. <laughs> Lucky for us, we've got y'all for the needed therapy. It's going to happen this season. It's hockey season, baby. Thank you all for listening and watching the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. Who does? <laughs> I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, and look who decided to show up. Oh. It's Steve Peters live oh. from... Joining us from the Ritz-Carlton, uh, somewhere uh, in the Mediterranean. Yeah. Uh, here's Steve Peters. Ritz-Carlton, downtown New York City. No. Not the Ritz Carlton. Where are you, Pete? Glad to be back. I am in Bristol, Connecticut, at the lovely Double Tree, just across <laughs> from the ESPN campus. I'm going to watch hockey games tonight. Did you get your warm cookie late into the morning? I, I did, but I turned it down actually. Oh, what? Big, How do you turn down yeah, a warm cookie? Chocolate chip hazelnut. I like, take the nuts out of it. I'm all over it. Like, oh, that's well, you chip. know what? I support you on that. Don't put nuts in a cookie. Just, yeah, it's yep, too dangerous. Don't, nuts, no raisins. Yep. Too yeah. many allergies. Seriously, like who do, who does that? Oh, I didn't think of that. I am the president anyway, of the Anti-Map Cookie tonight. Club. <laughs> I know. Hockey's okay. on tonight. I cannot wait. Um, we've been corrected. They're actually already four points behind Nashville. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, they're I, not tied. I, I was going to say that, but I didn't say it. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, tied with Chicago. Tied for second. How about that? Yeah, we'll go. take that. Um, anyway, hockey season starts tonight. Petey's going to be very busy later, but Coyotes still are two days away from starting their season on the road. On the road again. That's just how I feel about their entire first half of the season in Pittsburgh. And as we look ahead at the at the season, there's a lot of, you know, questions. We're going to give our predictions. And keep in mind, Petey last year said that Louis Erickson was going to lead the team in goals. So just take everything <laughs> yeah. he says with a grain of salt. <laughs> that was he a didn't? very Petey laugh. Thank you. Yeah. Laugh. It was. And he oh. didn't lead. The, no, he didn't. But, oh, my goodness. He had three. He had three. Yeah, still well, are, still not, the king, still the quite, king. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna look ahead. This is kind of your everything you need to know. Coyotes season preview, year two, year two of the rebuild, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, whatever you want to call this season. Let's look ahead and let's start with the thing that's on everyone's mind. <laughs> definitely, Everyone. definitely around the North American hockey scene. Woo. Absolutely, it's Mullet Arena. Um, we'll see Mullet Arena for the first time this week as ASU men's hockey opens their season on Friday. ASU women's hockey will be in there Wednesday, but we're going to have to wait till the end of the month to see what an NHL game is like inside Mullet Arena, October 28th, the Coyotes home opener. How do you think teams are going to react I want, to Mullet Arena? I want this one to go to Petey because Petey has been an NHL coach. <clears throat> he understands this as well as anyone, what a team, just the vibe is when a team walks into an arena. Thoughts? I think, you know what? I, th I think it's going to be interesting the first time. And, and meaning you walk in the first, oh, this is kind of cool. There are going to be some issues. And, and I'm concerned about the first four home games when the NHL annex is not complete. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of talk of how that's technically going to work. I, I'm not sure they've even finalized that plan yet because there's been some rumblings. And we've heard other people talk about rumblings. There actually have been some rumblings on this issue. Um, it might be a matter of tough. You got four games. You're just going to have to make do literally with as close to tense as you can just to get dressed. I think players will be okay with the ice surface. And I think the annex is going to be okay. The biggest thing for visiting teams 
and don't discount this, is the proximity to the airport, the proximity to good dining and restaurants, and the ability to get back to the airport quickly when the game is over. Don't discount how important those things are to a franchise that's coming in to play the Coyotes. The building itself will be secondary after that. Uh, they're in here for one or two days. They'll play, they'll practice, they'll go home. I'm worried about those first four teams that come in and have to do the ancillary locker rooms. Uh, I think your two, your three people are going to be tired of it. Yep. Uh, that, that could be. I've, I've wondered when the sort of the luster will wear off. Yeah. But, well, you know, and we haven't even been able to tour the annex yet because obviously it's not complete. We don't know what that facility actually is going to look like. So we'll see. We'll see if it's if it's adequate for teams when they're coming in, like you said, for one or two days. But, yeah, I mean, Tempe itself may not be an NHL sort of uh, vibe for players. It may be for some, for some of the younger ones, but... Old Town Scottsdale is five miles away. Teams can stay in Scottsdale if they want, and I know they will. that's attractive. Yeah, they will. And maybe it'll I've talked be... to teams. Oh, go ahead. I'm Pete. sorry to me step on you. Teams that are here for longer stays are going to be staying at resorts in that Scottsdale area. I've already talked to some teams. They're going to be staying at some high-end resorts if they're here for two or three days. This is going to be, I think, it's going to be great for the Coyotes because they're going to have like the the Vegas of the. You know, the, the uh, southeast exactly Vegas. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's not great this year, Petey. We need teams yeah. dialed in and focused this the, season, know, okay? Right? The, the, <laughs> much like the Vegas flu that happened the first year, I think we'll get the uh, the old town. Old town. The old town flu, the Scottsdale, and, you know, for the younger kids, the, the Tempe ASU scene. So Yeah, but it's all for hopefully a good reason, a temporary reason. That's true, and that leads us to our next question as we look ahead at this year it's all good and well that the coyotes are playing at mullet um because we've been told again and again it's temporary it's temporary but it's only temporary if there's a final solution and that is the arena in tempe will that deal get approved and if so when can we expect that to happen well we obviously had council member randy keating on our show telling us that Ideally, by Halloween, I don't think that's going to happen, but definitely they're going to make a decision by the end of the year. So we know the time frame. We know it's coming. They wanted to get it done by the holidays, so I would imagine they'd want to get it done a little before Christmas, right? So that's the time frame that I'm looking at, maybe like a late November kind of thing, early December kind of thing. But we already know, we, we got a real sense of how the city council feels about this deal already um, at that last meeting when they voted to move forward with it. Clearly, there are some issues. Um, clearly, the airport and Phoenix City officials are still trying to sway this in a certain direction with the interesting flyers that they're sending out to residents, you know, saying that flights are going to be channeled over Scottsdale, et cetera. The, the, the sort of stuff that led Mayor Corey Woods, who's a pretty mild-mannered, reasonable guy, to lash out at, at the misinformation that's being thrown out there. He thought that was really irresponsible of the people behind that. But anyway, I do get the sense that the council likes this deal. I still think this is going to be approved. What is interesting to me is what comes after that. Are there challenges from the city of Phoenix or the airport? Does Goldwater Institute, remember that name, did they get involved again? Do citizens groups get involved with lawsuits? I don't know how this thing plays out once it does get approved. And and again, I, I do think it will be approved. I'm just laughing. Yeah, that changes the comments. <laughs> do you want to I read can't someone? see that. I... Oh, Pugs and Headset, I got one of those flyers. I sent back a picture of Shane. 
<laughs> so that's why I laughed. <laughs> Carry on. I think this changes the whole thing. We talk about the arena and we talk about mullet and all the shortcomings from an NHL standpoint. By the way, to all the ASU fans, elite college arena, this is not applicable to what we're saying about um, the ASU and the Sun Devil hockey program because it's going to be fantastic. Um, we'll see that on Friday. But I think when you look at the new building in Tempe, farther down on the Tempe Town Lake, this literally changes the game. If they get this done, and it is what they say it is, and the plans are what they really said they were, this is going to be phenomenal. No longer will guys come in and go, well, I'm not sure about this rink. It will be a premier destination place for visiting teams, potentially free agents. Like They're going to go from the bar way down here to setting the bar extremely high if they can get this thing done. And it all dovetails with the rebuild plan as well, the timeline for the rebuild. So you could ideally have all of these things coming together at once and the Coyotes emerging from this with with a really interesting roster and a brand spanking new arena. Yep. And right, when, right on time when, when, when Craig and I retire and we can be the two <laughs> old guys on the Muppets up in the balcony <laughs> <laughs> complaining and bitching about everything, that'll be me and Craig at the new Tempe. God, uh, you're, that's, that's, not, that's already you, PD. <laughs> <laughs> um jay perlman in the chat said wait can you scroll up a little sean it just went down coyotes 2022-23 the rebuild reloaded <laughs> i like that I love it. um all right well moving on to another hot button issue if you will Boy. you know if it's not the arena it's jacob chikrin there we've talked about it again and again um the the chatter surrounding him were, will he be traded if so where what's the asking price so this kind of, you know, looking ahead at this entire season, how is this going to play out? Do you see, and obviously it all comes down to whether a team is going to offer what Phil Armstrong is asking, but do you think Jacob Shukran ends the year a Coyote or do you think he goes? And if so, where slash when? I have to believe he's not a Coyote at the end of this season with the way things have gone, with the comments we heard on media day there's this this relationship is not good right now it's not good but and i go ahead Petey. but he's 24 yep. and, and no other options and guess what i i keep saying it. i'm starting to get more frustrated with it it's opening night he's not playing he's not off the injured list i don't know the, the anticipation was he was going to be ready he is not so if not now when because guess what he ain't going anywhere until he can play. He didn't play at the end of last season because of an injury. He has missed several games over the years that he's been in a Coyote because of injuries. If I'm a general manager and you want a first or potentially two first, a prospect, and maybe a second, I better see you play. Yep. Like I, I want to see my eyes on you, and you better have a little bit more improvement from what we saw from you last year. you got to play. So until he gets in this and, – and maybe – Maybe we get to a point, and I don't want to put this out in the universe, but I'm going to. What if he doesn't come back and play? At some point, Bill Armstrong's got to go, you either play or you can go watch this in Section 101, and we're going to suspend you. Like, you're under contract for three years. You're medically cleared, and he's not yet, so I don't want to put that into anybody. But he's got to play. Plain and simple, Jacob Trickett, if you want to leave and you want to go play for a different team, whether it's Ottawa or L.A. or all the rumored spots, you got to play. And if and he play well. Yeah. If he doesn't, he's here. So we'll see. It's going to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Thomas in the chat said, I think he'll be traded sooner rather than later. I can see him traded early on in the season because I hope he doesn't bring morale down in the locker room. And that's definitely a concern. Is, is he already has. This, yeah. How this he affects has. the locker room. Go, go ahead, Petey. Go, run with that. Wait, you talk to, you've talked to Jay. You, we've seen a bunch of guys come on this show. 
you've talked about Kraus and Keller and, oh, yeah, we want to be a fisher. Want to be here. We're excited about seeing this team through the rebuild. We want to be a part of this. We're Coyotes for years. It's Coyotes in our blood. We heard it over and over again. And then their comrade in arms, the guy that sits down in the stall from them, comes on and goes, ah, I don't want to be here. I want to win. This sucks. Well, what? Like, we're all here. We're all committed to it. I, I don't think that plays well in a room. And I don't know uh, how long that kind of uh, a relationship can last. And that might be the piece that really gets him pushed out of here. Yeah. 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 That is definitely something to watch because, yeah, you go to battle together. That's that's the mentality. That's the mentality. And if, if he's not around the team and he's not buying into the same things that they're doing, that's not going to sit well with players. Nope. Um, so I, I hope for everyone's sake, not just the Coyotes, not just Chikrin, that it's sooner rather than later. But like we've said again and again, he has to play and he has to play well. So I hope that's what happens. We'll see. Obviously, we'll keep everybody up to date when he's medically cleared to play, when he, you know, would possibly get back in the lineup. But, you know, more to come. I'm sure that we'll talk about this again and again as we have all summer long. Well, there was actually some news after we wrapped our show yesterday, so we haven't even had the chance to talk about this yet. Um, and that's the goaltender situation for the Coyotes. We know pretty much with certainty that Karel Vimelka will be the Coyotes' starting goalie this season. There's John Gillies in the picture. They claimed um, Jonas Johansson on waivers, and he only had one look in the preseason. And then yesterday, the Coyotes made a claim uh, somebody that we've talked about as a possibility for a couple weeks now, Connor Ingram, the Coyotes claimed off waivers from the Nashville Predators. So now Connor Ingram is in the picture and I'll send it over to you, Craig. Yeah. First, first of all, shout out to Kevin Woodley, uh, who I spoke to runs in gold magazine and had Connor Ingram at the top of his list of guys the team should be looking at to claim off the waiver wire. Sure enough, as soon as he comes available, because he, he, it was a little later because Nashville was of course over in Europe playing for the global series. So they, they were allowed to carry two extra players. As soon as they put him on waivers, the coyotes claim him. Um, look, you, you can look at his entire situation and still wonder if, if, if he's going to pan out at the NHL level, there are a number of things to consider with him. As I mentioned, uh, in my story and, and on Twitter as well, Adam Vingen wrote a terrific piece on his, his dealing with uh, mental health issues, specifically OCD, which, sort of sidelined him two seasons ago while he was getting that all in order. But if you look at the two seasons sandwiched around this, this is this is what Bill Armstrong was hearing from his scouts. This is what Kevin Woodley was saying as well. This guy was one of, if not the best goaltenders in, in the AHL over those two seasons, putting up terrific numbers. He only had like three games in the NHL. And if you look at the numbers face value, they don't look good. But Woodley dove a lot deeper and, and noticed, you know, the shot quality that he was facing. He actually performed okay. There are a lot of people around the league, goalie people, who really like where this kid's game is right now. Kevin really thinks he can play, so we're going to find out. The, the Coyotes obviously claimed him. He's going to get a shot. They still have Jonas Johansson, who's on IR right now because he suffered an injury in that one game that you talked about in the third period. So they're going to sort it out between those two guys. Jonas Johansson, I... A lot of teams have seen something in him. It's not just the Coyotes. There have been a number of teams that have looked at him, and I'm sure the size is is one of those things. Bill Armstrong thinks that part of this just might be figuring out his depth and positioning. You know, if they can, if he can get that right, the light bulb might turn on. But something to consider with both of these guys, and you know this, Petey, the development arc for goaltenders 
is different than it is for defensemen or forwards. A lot of times these guys develop later. It finally, the light bulb finally comes on later. So you have to be patient with goalies. Look at what happened with Darcy Kemper figured out at 28. So maybe they've got, yeah, Mike Smith. There are a number of examples. So they've got two guys in that sort of age range where Bill Armstrong says they're targeting guys. They're going to see what they've got. They're going to give them a look. And the great thing about the Coyotes right now is they can afford to do this sort of experimentation. They can claim guys off waivers and see what happens and see if they find a diamond in the rough because they're in a situation right now where it doesn't matter. They can take those risks. Well, I I hope you're right, Craig, about Connor Ingram. And and here's... I, I, I'm seeing a lot of things on Twitter and in the Discord. Oh, we're get, we got the guy we wanted. And I'm like, eh, really? Like, did we? Like, hang on. Like, I, I, I'm not arguing about his numbers in the American League. And I'm he's six foot two. The games I've seen him play personally, eh. So he better be better because we're already talking about giving them the, the ball and having it run away with, with a 26-year-old guy that's played 52 games with a, a save percentage under 900 and a goals against average well over three and a half. In yeah. Karel Vomelka. So the goaltending here is an issue. We've got 55 combined career games on the opening night goaltending roster. 55 combined win, or, uh, games. It's a huge concern for this team, but I understand it's a rebuild. It's part two. I totally get it. So that's okay. But what can't happen is what we saw in stretches of last season when this team was getting their ass kicked. Seven to one, eight to two, yeah. and yeah. five minutes into the game, they're down by three, and guys on their bench are going, "Oh shit!" Yeah, here we the go. Carter Hutton era, that right? Can't happen. Yeah, it can't happen yeah. because then you demoralize your team. Guys don't develop in an atmosphere where you're losing that badly, where you have no chance. They have. It's hard to have an effort and compete when you're out of it early in a game. So I hope. I really hope that these two guys can have, I hope Ingram is the guy that we think he's going to be. I hope Vanelka takes a step forward in his consistency because for this team to get through a rebuild emotionally, they have to be close in games. They have to be competing in games and that starts in net. Yeah. And you wonder, you know, of, of all the places for Connor Ingram to end up, and I'm not saying that whatever issues he was, he was dealing with off the ice factor into this, but of all the places to end up, you're coming into a place that's going to be a real tough mental test for you, right? Playing behind yeah. this team. For sure. And, and that's what we talked about. It's Again, they have the luxury of going to other waiver wire guys. We don't know what's going to happen to Gilly. She's going to go down to the American League. He's had some success in, in the American League. Prozvatov, who knows? Maybe he has an all-star season down there and he's finally developed because of his age. I think it's too early to tell. I am concerned at the start of this season on the road in Pittsburgh and in Boston <laughs> and going, uh-oh, we're in trouble and we're in trouble early. And that's what you really fear. Because yeah. I guess what? The Pittsburgh Penguins are still pretty good hockey team and they're really good at home. So yeah. let's hope let's hope Veggie has one of those 45 save nights like he did in, in Winnipeg to start the season off. But we haven't seen it yet in preseason. But we haven't seen it from a lot of goalies across the league in preseason. Yeah, we... <laughs> We will see what happens there. Uh, Jay Perlman asked, do we see a better result on Thursday than last year's 8-2 loss? I guess we'll tell if this will be the Carter-Hutton era or not. Um, at least there's no cannons in Pittsburgh. Very true. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we'll see. And it may be, maybe this Connor Ingram pickup will be like the Scott Wedgwood one where we had Wedgie Veggie, but instead we could do Connor and Carell. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. We'll see. Um, well, lucky for us, we have a beer partner to get through this long season. 80, another 82 games. 
the punch card will be making its return better than ever um, because we got to get through it. HK till draft day and four peaks will be by our side. Every post game show all season long. Very lucky for us. And we have a lot of amazing events planned with our friends at Four Peaks, including this Friday, the Mullet Arena takeover for the ASU Hockey Home Opener, which members of PHNX were able to get tickets for. They sold out in less than a day. So stay tuned for more information, for more events at Four Peaks. I promise there'll be more. It's a great time to become a member so you get first access to our events. Um, and you must be 21 or older if you're going to drink Four Peaks and enjoy responsibly. Um, so, but if you're not 21, you can go to the A Street Pub. They have amazing food as well. Um, and another thing that we're going to get into this season is daily fantasy. And I need to talk to Petey more about this, but it's hard to manage a fantasy hockey team all season long. You have to set your lineup every day. It's a lot of work. It's not for everybody. That's why underdog fantasy is great because they have daily fantasy. They have daily pick them games. So literally all you do is pick a higher or lower for certain players on stats. You don't even have to, you could literally just guess. You don't even have to be knowledgeable. You just, eh, this feels right, higher, lower, and you can win a ton of money on underdog fantasy. So today is the day. The NHL season starts today. It's a great time to try it out and Download Underdog now because if you use the promo code PHNX, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So it's a perfect opportunity to try, use that extra money that they give you to just test it out. And you don't have to put a lot of money down. It's often just $5 buy-ins for certain things. So really, it's like low risk, but possibility of having a high reward. So it's another fun way to watch sports Search in the App Store or click on the link in our show notes. That's promo code PHNX. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code PHNX, and get in on the action today. I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, Petey, about the start, having to go to Pittsburgh and Boston as their first two games. Whew. As a refresher, I think everybody knows by now that TD Garden is the Coyotes' house of horrors. They have not won there in a very in more than a decade. Their, their last win over Boston in which the Bruins was te- the Bruins were technically the home team was of course 2010 in Prague. So they haven't won in TD Garden a lot longer, but here are the overall records for the Coyotes in PBJ Paints Arena, which is where the Penguins play. In in 10 games they are 1 in 9 oh, all no. time, okay? <laughs> Having been outscored 41 to 11. In TD Garden they are 3-14 and 1 all time, having been outscored 66 to 37. So for a team that's in a rebuild, not, not an ideal good. start to the season. Take the over. And <laughs> take the over, take the opponent. And it's so funny because I remember last season, we're like, oh, Columbus and Buffalo to start. Like, <laughs> we'll see. Maybe they'll get some wins. Wrong. Oh, for October. I'll never forget it. We might be in for another one. You should have known better. I know. I should never yeah. bet about Buffalo against speaks. Buffalo. I know. Um, but someone we will be seeing on opening night is... Dylan Gunther. At least somewhere. Maybe in a suit, but... That's true. On the roster, yep. Dylan Gunther, um, as of yesterday when the Coyotes submitted their final rosters to the NHL, Dylan Gunther was on that list still. Um, we've obviously talked about Dylan Gunther a ton on this show, but do you think he sticks around, or is he just going to be here for his you know, nine-game trial? And for those who don't know, if he plays more than nine games, he burns um, year one of his entry-level contract, so that's where that nine game rule comes yeah, in. Yeah, I, I spoke to GM Bill Armstrong about this yesterday and and look, they 
Dylan, obviously, early early on in the preseason, at least, I thought he looked completely out of place. He showed some skill to them later in the preseason and in camp. Um, I still think he's physically overmatched. There's still concerns about him playing up in the lineup with the matchups that he's going to face. But they're going to give him a look. They, I think, and you can speak more to this val- the value of this, PD. I think as much as anything, having Dylan Gunther around right now is just basically... Here's what NHL hockey looks like. Here's what the compete level looks like. The speed looks like. The physicality looks like. Here's what daily life looks like when you're traveling on the road. Get exposed to it. Absorb it. Put it in the back of your mind and now go back to Edmonton in the WHL and work on X, X, and X and know what you need to do to get to this level. What What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I 100% agree that it's more about what he can learn from this experience than what he can do as a hockey player at this point in his career. I think he needs to go back to junior. I think Craig, you and I are both in agreement. We've talked about this. I think that's ultimately where he will end up. But if he can learn and get some value and he'll miss the first handful of games with his team at Edmonton, but he can learn. The last thing you said, Craig, struck home is, is what can you learn about daily life? What's travel like? What are the daily life like? What's working out like when you're playing three and four? We're on the road for 14 days. What does that look like? How do I, oh shit, I'm not ready. My body's not ready. My mind's not ready. I don't eat right. I don't sleep right. I need to do better. And you hope that's what a kid can pick up at this point. They're, honestly, and, and I'm not a general manager, clearly, because I'm wrong about most things. I don't see the value of keeping him for 82 games here. I think, and you can extend his stay by not playing him in all these games. So he's not going to play opening night, maybe. And, and so that, you know, he, he has to play in those nine games. I still ultimately think he'll end up in Edmonton. They'll make another run at the Memorial Cup. He'll be captain of the team. He'll make a run for MVP of the league. All of those things help him. But this is a learning experience. It's about the Coyotes going to school. And this is his first education in the National Hockey League. True. Back to school. Um, Brian Brown in the comments, a learning experience like this can be priceless. And it's so true. And I agree with you both. I think this is his, you know, nine game little intro, um, kind of get your feet wet. And then maybe it's one of those things too, where he, now he's had his, this training camp under his belt, these nine games, whether he plays or not. Um, but then he can go back and now know what to prepare for yeah. next year. Maybe it's one of those, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. So maybe now he knows what he needs to work on in his game in the WHL and what he needs to work on next summer so that he can go back and really make a push to make the team because he's going to be one of the guys that's going to carry this team forward out of this rebuild. He's got to hit the weight room. Yep, definitely. Um, all right, next on our list, we <laughs> when teams are bad, they're – sellers at the deadline and we know the coyotes are going to be that again this year um we saw players go last year at the deadline who this year stands out on the roster as players you think are without no brainers to be gone or maybe not no brainers but players that will be considered to move at the deadline for future assets which is all Bill Armstrong is trying to do. Do you want to start this one off? I mean, you know as well as we do. So. Sure, I'll start. I mean, I think the f- most obvious one is Shane Goss to spare, mm. who we've talked about. He came over for nothing. So for the Coyotes to then flip <laughs> him nothing. and get assets would be, or maybe a prospect. Who knows? I don't, I don't know what the asking would be, but it would be an amazing deal. Um, he had an unbelievable season last season, his best in years, and, you know, Maybe I don't know if it'll be that good again, but if he sustains at that level, you know, with Jacob Schickern out and he has the opportunity to be that leading defenseman on the power play to get power play time, get points that way. So um, Shane Gossespierre, obvious first choice mm. for me to be that deadline piece 
that moves. Petey? Well, I, I think there's two guys I'm going to look for up front. They're going to have to have exceptional years. Um, one of those players is Nick Ritchie. I think mm-hmm. he's a guy that with his eyes, the expectations of what he was as an early first-round draft pick back in 2014, what they think he can be. If he can put some numbers in, can play that physical game where he can separate guys from the puck and put up some numbers, I think he is one. And the other one I've talked about for a while, less so, but I think is a very team-friendly contract. And again, with his size, that might be that can fill in a roster spot is Nick Bukestead. If... He gets a shot in the top six and he puts up any kind of numbers. He's a guy that can add depth to a team that's making run for it. It's not going to be an impact top six somewhere else like he's expected to do here, but he's a guy that can play multiple roles with a little bit of size. He would be the second guy up front. There should be a bingo card. And one of the things should be PD brings up Nick Bukesta. <laughs> oh, it's, we're not done with him for the show. There's okay. more. <laughs> okay. And the other, the other player to probably throw into this mix, depending on how it all plays out, I guess is Jacob Chikrin. We'll yeah. we'll see how long this plays out. And, and that if he were to stay that long, yeah. that would be a good time for him to go because it, at that trade deadline point when teams are looking at their playoff run ahead, that's when they're saying, who's injured? What do we need? What are the pieces we need? And if they need a defenseman like Jacob Chikrin, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes teams get – and I'm not saying it would be a desperate move to trade for him, but, no. you know, the, the high asking price we saw what – Bill Armstrong finessed for Darcy Kemper last season yeah. because Colorado needed a goaltender. It might get to a point that a contending team needs a defender and they'll finally be willing to pay. And also that depends on Jacob Chikrin's play. Exactly. That if point. he puts out a good body if, if of he, work. Yeah. If he has a great, if he has a great season, hopefully he gets back in the lineup soon, but maybe it's one of those things that Bill Armstrong is going to hold out, be patient. He doesn't need to trade Chikrin. Chikrin has no say in where he gets to go. Um, so maybe we'll see Chikrin move then too. Um, all right. Well, if you read Craig's story on gophnext.com yesterday, you would know somewhat the answer to this question. Last week, Petey and Craig and I attempted to put together the the lines. Yeah. We were actually we were okay. Actually, I, I, I thought things were going badly when you know Chazon get, got released and they sent down Cole Chanuk and defend. But then I looked at. The list that Craig put in his article, and I was like, you know what, we weren't that. And they far didn't. Off. They hadn't claimed Valamaki at that yeah. point, so. So you know, the next question okay. is, what are the lines and the pairs going to look like? And I'll hand over to you since you kind of have a. Yeah, sense. I spoke to Andre Turini about this. I asked him about it, and and his answer was great too. He goes, well, I, I can probably tell you what the lines are going to look like at seven o'clock in Pittsburgh, but. At 7.20, I'm not so sure. (laughs) Which is exactly what I keep saying to people who freak out about the lines. Tell me the lines every day. The lines are fluid in the NHL. They're based on so many things. Who's hot? Matchups, injuries, uh, the actual team that you're playing. There's so many things that come into account. Petey's been in all these coaches' meetings where, as he he showed us, they're they're mixing and matching, thinking about different combinations. You're going to see a lot of that. But for right now... Here are the line. Here are the lines that that I think they're going to roll out. Uh, Clayton Keller on the left wing, Petey not on his off wing, uh, with Travis Boyd in the middle and Nick Schmaltz on the right side. That's going to be your top line. They're going to reunite those three guys that had a lot of chemistry last year, and that makes a lot of sense. Second line, Nick Ritchie on the left side, your guy Nick Bugstad in the middle. It's too bad Nick Schmaltz isn't on the right side. We could yeah, you know next. Yeah. The, the Knicks. Yeah. Oh my Saint God. Nick, Nick of time. I don't know what we would have called try, this line. But... Try Nick. <laughs> and anyway, yeah, yeah. We 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 maybe it'll happen at Nick, some point, knows? and then we'll we'll get the chance on the right wing on that line. And and this is this is why uh, 
they released Alex Chase on. They wanted a little more offense on that right side. And I think for the for right now, at least, they're looking at putting Matias Michelli in that slot. He had a good camp and a good preseason, so I get it. He, he showed some things. Uh, I still think there are some holes in his game, but they like a lot of what they've seen from Matias Michelli. So he'll be your second line right wing. Third line, and I know this is going to make uh, a friend of the show very happy, not the guy on the left side who is also a friend of the show, Lawson Krause. He'll be on the left side. Barrett Hayton in the middle, back in that third center slot where Andre really likes him because of the matchups, bringing him along slowly, allowing him to mature and build some confidence. We talked about this last year. But on the right side on that third line, Christian Fisher, a guy who's been looking for more opportunity. He's going to get that opportunity. This line actually looked pretty good in the last game together, so they're going to play together. Three guys who could be a part of this uh, franchise's future. And then the fourth line, Liam O'Brien on the left side, Jack McBain in the middle, and Zach Cassian on the right side. Oof. So that's a, <laughs> yeah, that's a beefy line. So you, you know exactly what their role is going to be. Uh, any any comments on that before I move on to the pairs, Petey? I'll just make it really quick. Um, that third line with Kraus, Hayton, and Fisher, you don't have to question their work ethic and what they're going to be able to do when they hit the ice. They're going to be moving their feet, are going to, and they're going to work really hard. So I like that. The top line being reunited. Again, like Andre said, this is all a work in progress. Like this kind of thing is when you talk about preseason, you put that on a piece of paper, and one period in, you go, you know what? The chemistry is gone. Or it might, let's see what this looks like. We're not getting the offense we had hoped for. So I think it's a good start. Oh, no. Oh, no. Petey has frozen. We just lose Petey. Oh, Petey? No. We just lost Petey. We lost Petey. Petey will call back. Yeah. And, oh, there well, he is. we are. Hey, he's back. Someone calls me. I didn't know. Um, strength <laughs> and size on that on that fourth line I really like. Okay. Let's move on to the D pairs unless you wanted to say something about no, the Fords as well. That okay. fourth line is scary. That's all I yeah, have to say. There's some beef there. Yeah. Um, left uh, on on uh, the defensive pairs, and this this, uh, and I'm not necessarily saying that this is even going to be by minutes because Shane Gossiper is going to play a lot on the power play, and we'll see how this plays out. But when when I talked to Andre about the D pairs, the first pair that he listed was JJ Mosier on the left side and Troy Stetcher on the right side, who of course they picked up in the off season. JJ Mosier has risen in this organization so rapidly. I had people telling me during camp that he's been their best defenseman in camp, which is really impressive to hear about a kid who just came over last season, made the transition. I know he's a little older, but still coming from Europe to North America, they really like what J.J. Mosier is bringing. So he's going to be with Stetcher on one pair, Shane Gostisbehere and Connor Timmins on the other uh, top pair. Uh, Gostisbehere, again, of course, going to run the power play, going to get a lot of time there, but... We're going to get a, a look again at Connor Timmins. I, I thought he was a bit rusty in the preseason, but I also think that's understandable because he missed an entire season. They need to see what they have in him. So he's he's on the right side there. And then for now, uh, we just talked about them claiming Valamaki. He's going to be on their third pair with Dyson Mayo on the right-hand side. So Dyson Mayo sticks. And then you're talking about your extras being, at least right now, and we'll see what happens on game day, Dylan Gunther, Josh Brown and Patrick Nemeth, who I had mentioned before, I think is going to be the odd man out on, on a lot of days. Um, and then your goaltending, of course, we talked about already. Karel Vemelka and Connor Ingram at this point. Any thoughts, Petey? Or Leah? Yeah, well, the back end surprised me. And I thought, I really believe they'd go veteran heavy, whether it, it suffered in speed or not. So I, I think they've got the better players out there for right now. So I think I'm excited to see what they can do. I, I hope J.J. Mordor can take a step in his career. I think that's great. The The question mark for me on this roster, there's two. 
Um, Valamaki, I don't know well enough. I don't know, honestly, I don't know what to say about his game until we see him play in a few. So I'll hold my comments until he plays. The second one is Connor Timmons. We've heard a lot of about once he was traded from Colorado. I think he has yet to, to reach that level that we've been told, but he's been hurt. Um, I don't think his training camp was exceptional. I think he looked slow. I think he struggled at times, foot races, getting pucks up the ice, the things that are supposed to be the, the strengths of his game just weren't there. So I think there'll be a little bit of a waiting period for me on those two guys to see what they can bring. Something that excites me about that is J.J. Mosier and just hearing what you had to say about mm. what the coaching staff has to say about him. For him to have this rise and earn this role already this soon, he's someone that I'm excited it will hopefully be a part of you know, this future team on the other side of this, you know, tough year or next couple of years. Let's let's go with a couple. One year at a time, one year at a time. This year will be really bad. Maybe the next year won't be quite as bad, but um, really excited about him. So it'll be interesting to see. One note on Valamaki too, just the scouting report is, Injuries have taken their toll on him. Both, you know, it, it, it's almost like it's in his head a little bit. He's trying to overcome that 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 part of it, but also it's it's impacted his skating. So we'll, it, it, I don't know if you've watched much of him, Petey, but he's a little bit choppy in his skating. We'll see if he can get that back and and get back to you know the promise of the guy who was a high draft pick uh, at, at one point in his career. Yep. All right. Well, yesterday we gave our picks for the Central Division, and all four of us had the Coyotes finishing last. However, we had DNVR's Jesse Montano on, and all of the DNVR crew had Chicago finishing last um, past the Coyotes. So we know it's going to be a battle with Chicago and Arizona for the bottom of the Central, for the bottom of the standings. So putting Chicago aside, because that's obvious, I want to know who else you think will be a threat to the Coyotes in the battle for the bottom and the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Go ahead, Petey. I, you know, this one to me in the West, it's going to be San Jose. I, I don't think they're very good. I don't think they improved over the offseason. Seattle has some young players that helped improve their, their offense and speed. Did it complete their overall game? I don't know. So I think the two in the West for me are still San Jose and Seattle. In the East, it's hard because all the teams that were at the bottom, and I talk about Ottawa, Detroit, Buffalo, and then the moderate bottom, I think they're all better. So it's going to fall to Jersey, Philly, Montreal, and did they get better? Philadelphia with John Chatterall, who's going to accept nothing less than their best effort. You have to think at some point that sparks them to be better. So in the East, uh, Jersey is supposed to be better. I I, I don't know if any of these teams in the East are going to compete. The only one I can keep coming up with is Montreal. Yep. I think that's fair for me too. Like at Philadelphia, I look at the roster and think – that's not a good team, but the Tortorella factor, especially in a first season, I think is going to lead them to over overachieve a little bit. Not to the point where I think they're contending for a playoff spot, but I think they'll be out of the mix for the worst record. So I'm with you on uh, literally all the teams that you just mentioned, I think, are the teams in the mix. Yep. I, I have nothing to add. You both <laughs> have said said it all, but... Ooh, Chicago and Arizona, we'll see. And, you know, we talked about our conspiracy theories already, but luckily it's a very, very talented draft. So we shall see. Um, anyway, but as the, as the season starts, if you're, you still have a few weeks till the Coyotes home opener. So if you need to get your Coyotes gear, if you're going to a Cardinals game, you want to get your Cardinals gear, you need some October. It's not too early to think about holiday gifts also. 
check out foco.com that's the best place to go to grab all your arizona merchandise because they have officially licensed gear for men women and kids they have bobbleheads swimsuits and crocs they have a cardinal's hoodies which is like a snuggie it's almost snuggie season um almost still like 90 but um head on over to foco foco.com and for all non-presale items use the promo code phnx for 10 percent off and if you're sitting here listening to us and you were itching to get in mullet, we talked about mullet a ton at the beginning of the show, you can. And you can go this week. You can head over to the Game Time app right now, check it out. Or if you want to wait till the day of the game, which is when I actually recommend checking out the Game Time app, um, you can buy your tickets to the ASU Men's Hockey Home Opener. They play Friday and Saturday this weekend. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. Great for all the procrastinators out there. You can buy Cardinals tickets on there, ASU football as well. You want to make the trip down to Tucson um, to see U of A, you can. So check out the game time, not just for sporting events, but for concerts and shows too. Um, seriously, it's the best place to buy tickets. And the best way to help us is by buying the through the link in our description. So if you're listening on audio or watching on YouTube, scroll down to the show notes, click the link to buy your tickets there. And then let us know what tickets you got and how much you got them for. Um, love hearing everybody's amazing feedback about game time because it is phenomenal. Okay, last segment here. Prediction time. It's prediction time. And everybody, I need somebody out there to write down who are picks ah. because this is going to come back. I remember I picked yep. Clayton Keller to be the top goal scorer last year, and I that was great for my ego because I had the receipts. Um, so now we'll see who gets to be right this year. And let's start, and I'm going to let Craig go first because he's been beating this drum um, for many months now. Yep. A number of categories we're going to predict, um, and the first one is the breakout player on this Coyotes team. And Craig, I'm going to pass it to you Breakout first. Barrett Hayden. That's that's my guy. I've been saying it all off season. Uh, I like his offseason. I like what he's done to his body to prepare for this. He's healthy. He's he's looked really good in the preseason camp for whatever that's worth. Obviously, it's not regular season hockey, but I like his trajectory. I like the fact that he's got some continuity in his career for the first time in his pro career, at least. Um, I'm looking at Barrett Hayton to not necessarily and I want to I want to couch this like it's not like he's going to be like a 70 point guy this season. I'm looking for Barrett Hayden to take a significant step forward with his production while still bringing all those other elements of the game. I'm not saying he's going to have a massive point uh, producing season this year, but he's going to take a step forward there and we're going to see a lot more of what we expected from Barrett Hayden when they drafted him so high. I have two names that I'm going to give you. And of course it's my, my favorite Minnesotan Nick Bugstead, who I've said is going to be a breakout <laughs> player this year. He's, he's, playing top, he's playing top six minutes this to start the season, so I like him. I like J.J. Moser. I think he is showing the coaches, showing him confidence. I think he'll take a step forward, but I hate to say this, Craig. I agree with you. The breakout player is going to be Barrett Hayton. I think it's going to be he's trimmed down. He got back to playing what he did when he was in junior. Uh, he's not trying to be this big, bulky guy that can push people around. He's going to have a two-way game. I think if he can stay healthy, I think this is Barrett's Hayton season to get over the hump and people finally stop questioning his draft selection. Yeah, I've been on the Barrett Hayton train with Craig this whole offseason, but for the sake of being different, and I am agreeing, like 
my my choice is Barry Hayden. But just to throw another name in the mix, Matias Michelli. Mm-hmm. We saw him make this opening night roster um, in that second line. So it's not like he's slotting in on the fourth line, getting a trial. We saw him for a little bit at the end of last season. He tore it up in the AHL. And obviously, I know it's different leagues. Um, but I liked what I've seen from him so far. And I would love to see Matias Michelli be an everyday player on this team. So I'm going to say Matias Michelli okay. for my breakout player. Um, okay. Moving on to the next category, top goal scorer on this team. Um, I'll start if that's okay. I can't bet against what I already know, so I'm going to pick Clayton Keller again. Um, he was on the path. Was he on the path to 30? He was. Um, before his he was. injury, he more than likely would have gotten there. If all things go well for him coming back from the injury, I know it's hard to – you know, keep up sustained success in the NHL, but Clayton Keller is a top first round pick. And this is what we've been wanting from him last season. We finally felt like he earned the contract he had. Um, so I'm hoping for another top goal season from Clayton Keller. Go ahead, Petey. Is another player that we've been on pace for 30. If he could have played 82 games last night is my goal scoring leader. And that's Nick Ritchie. The problem with Nick Ritchie, he got 10 goals in 24 games last year, almost a goal every two games. The issue I have and the concern I have is if he has gone at the trade deadline, he clearly will not lead this team in goals. And then it will fall to Clayton Keller, who will be here when the season ends. So I've got Nick Ritchie one until he gets traded and then Keller will win it at the end of the season. Okay. It's hard to, I mean, I, I want to pick Clayton Keller too, but for the sake of a little difference, <laughs> fun to, to I'm going to go with another guy who was having a very good season and had some just a, a, a torrid stretch once he, he got through his uh, hand injury and that's Nick Schmaltz. Louis Erickson? Oh. <laughs> Nick Schmaltz. Nick Schmaltz is my guy. So I'm going to go with him. All right. Um, this might, they may be similar answers, maybe not, but let's move to top point scorer. I would like to remind everybody that a few of us said Jacob Chikrin for this last year, so be careful with your pick now. Petey, you start. You haven't gone first. Well, I, I'd like to see a defenseman get get towards the top of this, and, and unfortunately it won't be J.J. Moger because I don't think he's going to get the number one power play time away from the Ghost, So, and I don't think Ghost is going to be able to put up the numbers he had a year ago, and if he does, he'll be gone. So it won't be Goss Bear. It's going to be one of those three. It's going to be Keller, Schmaltz, or Boyd. I don't think Boyd's going to score enough goals. I hate to be a broken record, but I, I, I barring a major injury, this is Clayton Keller. It's, it's him. He's going to get all the ice time. He's going to get the first power play minutes. The problem with all of these people that we've talked about in the last three categories, this team is going to have a really hard time scoring. So these numbers aren't going to, I don't think we're going to see 30 goal scores on the Coyotes next year. Clayton Keller, the the one area you just mentioned it, where he can really up his production is is on the power play because he, he actually didn't have a lot of power play points last year. Uh, I think it was just 11 power play points. And he's talked about that. He talked about it on media day. That's one area where he could increase his production. But at, at any rate, uh, he's going to get the opportunity there, and he's going to be my pick as well for overall points leader. Yeah, I agree not to be a broken record. Um, Colton in the chat said, Nick will be top points. You're going to have to be more specific. There's a few <laughs> I like Nicks. it. Why didn't I think of that one? And then Shane Robertson in the chat said, Krauser leads the team in goals is my pick. That's a fun pick. Wow. He was, I like it. That would be and if like you watched our interview with Lawson Kraus over the summer, he has he expects set, it. Some, yeah, he set some goals for himself. Um, all right. Well, we just talked about that crazy fourth line. So now it leads us into the question, who will lead the team in penalty minutes? 
Who wants to go first? I, I mean, I, I got to go with the guy who led him last year, Liam O'Brien. I, I think he's going to be the guy. He, that's his role. They do have a lot more size on this team, however, so there could be other guys who could challenge him, but that does seem to be Leo, Liam O'Brien's role. I put out there right now that I think this team is, if does if they do not lead the league in penalty minutes, they're top five. Like this team is going to take a lot of penalties, which is not a, a path to success for winning, which again, may be a good thing. They're going to spend a lot of time in the penalty box. Um, I think Zach Cassian's going to take a lot of penalties. I think he'll take some major penalties. He's an older guy in his career, so I don't think he's looking to get involved as much as people may think he is. Nick Ritchie's big and tough. He'll take some penalties, but by far and away, Liam O'Brien is going to run away with this on this team because not only does that his role, but with all these tough guys around him, he's going to have to even do more in his mind. So I think Liam O'Brien, even more than he did last year, will be in the penalty box often. I'm going to agree with the last three comments in the chat. I'm going to say Zach Cassian. Um, just again, I'm going against the grain a little bit because I know Liam O'Brien is Somewhat of an obvious choice, but Arut, the Watson, Thomas, all said Cassian. I also want to read some of these comments. Caleb and JMT both think the breakout player will be Christian Fisher, which I think I like that would be a, a really great too. thing to see. He'd um, like it. Yeah, exactly. But this is going to be the Charlestown Chiefs this year. That's what we're watching. Um, and that Agreed. leads us into how many points will the Coyotes finish with in the standings? And where? For the record, the Coyotes finished with 57 points last season. Um, I'll have to pull up the numbers on the DraftKings Sportsbook, but last time I checked, I think it was 62 and a half was, was the over-under. Oh, it's um, shrinking. I'll pull it up right it now. It was 65. Six, 65? It, w- it was earlier. That was two weeks ago. So, so 57 over-under A, and then B, what's your actual pick for points? 80? No, this team's last. I'll say that first. Yeah. Chicago's not Chicago's people are fooling themselves thinking Chicago is going to be last. I don't see it in what Chicago's putting out on the ice. Even if those guys get traded at the trade deadline, like Taze and Kane, they're still there for the first 50. So yep. I, I, I think that the schedule, the roster, the goaltending, the building, I don't think anything plays in this team's favor and they're last. How many points? 56 is the worst since moving to Arizona. That was in 2017 under Rick Tockett. Last year, they beat that by one point, winning four of their last five. Otherwise, they would have held the last. I I think I'm going to go lower. I'm going to take lower than 57, and I'm going to say this team finishes with 54 points. Mm. I had 55, so really close. I'll say 56 just for fun. Look at that. Um, Thomas said sub 60. Brian said there will be improvement. Dot, dot, dot. 58. <laughs> and JM said 55. Um, the DraftKings Sportsbook app has 65 and a half as the over under with the <laughs> under being favored minus 130. So check I'd that out. I'll dra- th- these will likely these the team total points go away quick. So I'd get in on this um, soon. The last question, and this is one that we there's. Not really much we can say here to predict. It's more just a shot in the dark. However, the three of us are pessimists in this category. It's the one thing we are all pessimists about. And that is the NHL draft lottery. And which lottery pick will the Coyotes get this year? And I think none of us think the Coyotes are actually going to win the lottery. Don't let it be number three. Because (laughs) history repeats itself and the coyotes have never moved up in a lottery they've never won a lottery never even, picked top two never picked top two even if they finish worst in the league in the entire nhl 
they might still not get that first pick, which is more than likely. So what are you guys saying? I'm, I'm going to be an optimist, but not a full optimist here. I'm going to say that the Coyotes get the number two overall pick because the, the league will use magnets to get the Blackhawks, Connor Bedard, because anytime the Blackhawks are there, they have to help out the Blackhawks, even though they, you know, Kyle Beach, Kyle Beach, Hello. Kyle Beach, come on. Come on, NHL, bad look, bad look. So, but okay, that's all right. Because if the Coyotes land at number two, I'm not going for Matt Dave Michkov. I am going for Adam Fantilli, who I am currently man-crushing on because I'm watching a lot of his highlights. I'm watching a lot of Adam Fantilli. He's a big, skilled center. I really like his game. And where is he playing right now? He's playing for the Chicago Steel. Well, he's not in Chicago Steel. Sorry, he's playing NCAA hockey now. But he looks really good. He looks like, and I've heard scouts say this, the top three players in this draft are all better than anybody that was in the previous draft. So you're getting that level of player. Adam Fantilli right now is tracking as that kind of player. Just rewind it and hit play and do the same thing. They're going to finish last. Chicago wins the lottery. The, the, the Coyotes win the second fall drop, and the Coyotes pick second, which is the highest they've ever picked, and I guess a kind of backhanded win. I've, I have to agree with all of that. Like I just, I History has told me that the Coyotes will never win mm-hmm. the draft lottery, and if we're going to be optimistic, we'll give them that top two pick. Um, going back to the chat really quick, and I have it open Until right he's here. playing at Michigan, by the way, if you want to watch him, and I suggest you watch and him. Un- he's, he's and until OGs is one of our sponsors, I am not picking them to win. the. Now, when OGs jumps over to hockey, then I might have to pick them to win the lottery. <laughs> True. Um, a couple notes. Some people said 56 points, 60 points. Some people for the draft lottery are guessing third, second, second. The Coyotes are going to finish last, but not win the draft lottery third. So I, I, I appreciate everybody's collective pessimism as a group. <laughs> it just is more realistic. Um, and somebody asked what the odds were on the over 65 and a half. I have it open right. Oh, I did. Okay, well, that's great. I think it was like, it was definitely plus 100. I can still pull it up. Yeah. It's just going to take yeah. me a second. Oh, that's all right. To get back there. But today's the day to get your futures bets um, in because they're going to take these away any second. So it's plus 100 for over 65 and a half and minus 130 for under 65 and a half. Put some money down on this. And it's great because you just put it down and then you forget and then you get paid in six months. Um, so check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's the time to get all the NHL futures bets in today before the first game later this afternoon. I know there were the games overseas, but those just don't count to me mentally. I just can't. It just doesn't count for me. Um, but check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. And if you're a new customer... You have a promotion right now. You can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, that you can then use your free bets to bet on futures. Great use of free bets. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. It's simple. Download DraftKings. Use the promo code PHNX. That's code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Craig? What do you got on uh, gophnext.com this week? Craig has a lot of great stuff, by the way. Like he talked to some cool people this week <laughs> some, already. Some cool people. Uh, I have the aforementioned Barrett Hayden feature coming, looking at the possibility of a breakout. I have my annual 10 questions as the Coyotes open the season 
story as well. And there will be a, a, some different material in there than what we discussed today on the, on the show. And then as the Coyotes go into Pittsburgh to play the Penguins, I'll have a conversation with Sidney Crosby. Love that. And I have to say goodbye because I am out of battery and my charger is not working. So okay, goodbye, literally Petey. my phone's going to die. I will see everybody <laughs> tomorrow or Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, first post game. First post game show. Bye, PD. Everybody. Oh man, um, somebody said they already put two fifty on the Coyotes under sixty five and a half. Love it. Um, yeah, lots of great stuff on gophnx.com. Um, you might even see my name in a buy one this weekend. Mm. That's all I'm saying. So mm. become a member today. Grab a shirt from the locker. We just restocked the purple Cody Coyotes and the uh, mosaic shirt, so you can. Stock up on your Coyotes gear in the Page Next Locker. Deadhead shirt. When Sorry, you, that's what I call it. When you sign up for the annual membership and get access to our members-only Discord. We have a great time in there, and it's a great place to be while watching the game. It's literally like live pack therapy. And then, of course, you'll want to join us right after the game ends. Every game, all season long, all 82, will be here for you on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. So be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss a post-game show. I'm really excited for pack therapy. Go stock up on your four peaks. Get ready. It's going to be a blast. Follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms. Um, we're going to have a lot of coverage of the ASU game this weekend as well. So um, stay tuned for that. Follow PHNX underscore Sun Devils on Twitter. And then, of course, follow us, PHNX underscore Coyotes. We'll have full coverage. Follow Craig at Craig S. Morgan. You can follow me at Leah Merrill, PD at S. Peters Hockey, and Sean at Sean underscore Depaz. Guys, this is our last show before the first postgame show. See y'all from Pittsburgh. Craig will be on the road in Pittsburgh. Petey and I will be here with our four peaks, and we'll see everybody after the first game. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week, everyone.